Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. panel uh, you know you wonder why people don't want to get into politics sometimes story just hits the press it just hits the uh, the feed here uh, Texas Democrat Senator Henry Cuellar who's been incredibly critical toward the Biden administration on their handling of the border yesterday his home and his office were raided by the FBI Photographs shared with local photographers showed agents at his residence in Laredo removing bags, bins, and at least one computer. Federal agents also went through Cuellar's office. FBI cannot provide further comment about the ongoing investigation. Coincidence? Coincidence? I think not. And so anybody that runs for office has a tremendous, my respect, because it's not an easy thing. I would not do it, um, but I respect everybody who does. Joining us now on the hotline, yes, the voice of clarity, Themis Claritus. Hey, Themis. Good morning. How are you? And I will have to agree with you, Pastor Will, that this business is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> Holy cow. I mean, I just experiences I've had, you know, it's full it's contact, constant. isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. It is. How, are you, how are you? How are you uh, enjoying your your uh, your non-political life? <laughs> My non-political life. Right. My non-political life is more political than most people's political I, life. I, I, I think. Know. But, I know. You know, there's I'm, I'm practicing law still. And, you know, obviously I'm keeping myself involved and um. Everything's good. I lost a very dear friend last week at age 55, which was oh, very man. difficult. Oh, man. Um, you've, had rough, you've had a rough last year with family and friends. And yeah, yeah. Tough. We all have, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we had, uh, within the last t- year, we lost uh, two church members to COVID. So uh, one was 94. So, I mean, you know, not that it's ever right. easy, but, you know, you get to 94, it's a good run, you know. It's <laughs> It is. Um, it still doesn't make it easy. I mean, I, you no, know, in, in a weird way, it doesn't make it easier. I mean, no, you love people, no. you love them, and you never sure, want yeah. them to go. But it's, right. you know, it's a little different when you have a, you know, a 55-year-old that yeah. is just full of life. And, you know, he's just the epitome of the American dream. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Came here from Greece, started a business, worked his butt off, brought yeah. his little sister over. I mean, it's just, it's really sad. Well, life is hard, you know, and um, it is. Life is why, hard. That's, that's what they family, tell me. Friends and faith are so important in all aspects of life. So tell me, I, I've been making appreciating uh, what you I've been have. making the case the last couple of days that, you know, this, despite the rosy reports, oh, we got a budget surplus and 
we had a, a 0.8% population increase. In, despite these things, Connecticut still has a lot of structural problems. We're, we're the Connecticut, Hartford, just this week came out report, Hartford, the third worst capital city to live in the United States. Uh, the unfunded pension liability, we don't have to beat that thing. That, that's already been talked about a million times. Uh, the moving report came out earlier this month, uh, fourth highest move-out rate in the country, Connecticut. Uh, another report, uh, worst place, second worst place to retire in the United States. I mean, there's there's numbers of reports that are not shining positive light on Connecticut. My question is, people seem to be somewhat lulled asleep by the the the, the mythology that the governor handled COVID well. So, gosh, it, it seems like it's a it's an uphill battle. Is is it is it is it winnable? Number one, and can 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 Ned be taken on? I guess is the question. Well, I think any race is winnable, right? I mean, we've seen upsets all over the place. I'm not saying that that's what this would be, but the reality is he's got a you know, 50% approval rating, and they think that he did handle COVID well. I mean, the problem with all of that, in my opinion, is is that he shut down the state. Mm-hmm. He killed businesses. Mm-hmm. I mean, we look, look at the restaurants that are around in Connecticut. One-third of them will never reopen again. Yeah. That's putting, that is putting hardworking single moms, mm. kids that are going to school, mm. uh, people out of work, Right. We still have a state that is the eighth most expensive state to live in, the mm-hmm. second highest tax state in the country, mm-hmm. right? And and top five ten in in unemployment, depending on the day. You know, you have a state that clearly, clearly, is less safe than it was four years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think you can certainly there were issues that came up with crime with COVID, but you can place you can place that safety issue uh, squarely on on Governor Lamont's shoulders. Because part of it had to do with the police accountability bill last year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now, let, let's, and when people say, I'll talk about the past, I mean, he said he wouldn't sign that bill if there were anything about qualified immunity in it, and he did. That bill has, has clearly made Connecticut less safe. We said at the time police officers would take early retirement, and they did. Mm-hmm. We said at the time it would be difficult to get police officers to go on the job after that. That's exactly what's happening every day. And those are facts, right? Those are, those, mm-hmm. those are not our opinions. I mean, right. I spoke with the woman whose husband almost got killed as a Farmington cop the other day, mm-hmm. and she said she sees it all the time. Yeah. And so we see that Connecticut's less safe. But if you take it a step further to what are we doing now, what are you doing now, Governor, to make this any better? This is a man that we've seen car thefts and then the catalytic converter issue, and then people started getting assaulted, and then people started dying. From car thefts. I mean, how horrific is that? We saw the woman, a 60-year-old woman in Marlboro, Connecticut, last summer. Yeah. It was at a big Y on a Sunday at 6 o'clock at night, one of the most quiet towns in the state of Connecticut. She gets carjacked, and who knows what else happened to her, because I know there were other things that happened to her they haven't made public. I mean, those things should not be happening here. Yet, when those things happen, the governor said, I've done everything I can do for the crime issue. And then when the poor 14-year-old in Waterbury died and the mother was begging and pleading, he said, well, we need to do something. Well, you want to know what? Then do something. Like, I'm sick of people saying we need to do something and not doing anything. He could be putting a bill in. He could call that legislature into special session. I hear people say, well, the governor can't call people into." Yes, he can. That is one of, under our Constitution, that is one of the ways we can go into special session. The Mm -hmm. legislature can call themselves in or the governor can call them in. 
and he hasn't done anything. And so when you see that Connecticut's less safe, it is no more affordable than it was. The taxes are no lower than they were, and people are leaving. I mean, you talked about the moving out issue. Um, you know, there was a study that showed 63% of all moves in Connecticut were outbound last year. Yeah, right. right. Outbound. And why is it? Too expensive to raise a family. Kids don't want to come here because they're not good-paying jobs and they can't mm-hmm. afford to live. You know, senior citizens are leaving because they can't afford to retire here. That's not a record of success, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and when, you're, when all you got the campaign on is a minor, a small, little, tiny population increase and in a, in a surplus in the budget that was based on pandemic money coming from the Fed, I mean, I don't know that that's a great a, a great record. Here he goes, he, and he's quoted in Hartford Current the other day saying that, uh, you know, whether or not the emergency power should be extended. He's talking about, you know, that this is the legislature's chance. This is their opportunity to take a stance on masks and mandates. How about taking a stance on fentanyl, Governor? How about doing something about that? That's only the beginning of the floodgate. Of course, I mean, well, let's bring Narcan into school. Fine. All right, I, I don't, I don't object to Narcan, but why not? Why not find a way to stop this? This is a 13-year-old kid dies from a fentanyl overdose, and it's crickets from from the governor's office. You know, and the last time anything meaningful was done, not to toot my own horn, but it's a reality. <laughs> uh, no, toot it's, away. The last time anything was done on the yeah. fentanyl issue in Connecticut was a, two years ago when I had been working for a couple of years on raising the penalty for fentanyl possession. Mm-hmm. And I had to fight tooth and nail the inner city legislators to do that because they were upset that it was going to affect their constituents. Well, how about you then you don't sell drugs? How about that? Mm-hmm. How about that's mm-hmm. an option? Isn't that an option? How about when, life in prison now, if you're caught selling fentanyl? That might well, be a deterrent. With the, <laughs> how about life in prison when you sell it to a kid? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Without, without some, some, this kid got it from somebody, and, that, and that, that person should be in jail the rest of their lives. I mean, I agree with you. And, you know, the, this fentanyl issue is such a huge issue, and it's been a huge issue. And a year mm-hmm. ago, I never thought it could get worse, but it has gotten worse. And, and it's going to get worse. see what happened in that Hartford school, I mean, I don't even have a word to describe mm-hmm. the horrific, horrific nature of the fact that a 14-year-old or a 13-year-old mm-hmm. had how many bags of fentanyl? Well, it was six, seven. I mean, I mean, they, 40, they found way more than that in the school, but the the, the fact is that the entire school. You realize mm-hmm. that, right? The, that could have killed a whole small town in Connecticut. Well, That's there's enough fentanyl that they've they've it. apprehended over the border that could kill everybody in the United States. Yep. And that's why no, there's there's two. Well, one is it's coming from China. They know they know they can tell where it comes from. It's coming from China, and the second is most of it's coming from the southern border. But the White House is crickets on that. Democrats are crickets on that. The governor's crickets on that. So, I mean, there's there's plenty of things that if people will wake up and, and really pay attention to what's going on, Connecticut is not the wonderful fairy tale land that, that Ned Lamont's leading us to believe it is. You know, and if we look back, okay, just a few months before COVID, we see how the governor tried to push tolls. In Connecticut, mm-hmm. which and all of us working together, right? You and I talked about that every day, I think, at the we, time. The good old days who were fighting tolls. Right. Who knew? <laughs> right. Pushing tolls, which was oh, going God. to take money out of your pocket. Oh. Right. Then property tax relief that he promised. Sure. Sure. Then he promised he, he actually stood up and said that we passed a no tax increase budget, if you remember back. Yeah. In mm-hmm. 2018, and and yet there was a 90 million dollar food tax in it. 
I mean, maybe to him, $90 million isn't a lot of money, but to the rest of us, it's a heck sure. of a lot of money. Sure it is. Yeah. Right. And so he's, it's like he, he has Stockholm syndrome of himself. He figures he says it enough times he believes it. <laughs> Patty Hearst. Right? I mean, it's, it's, it's no, it's bizarre. true. I mean, it's, it's, it's true. It's sad. It's, it's not laughable, but, you know, I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. It's hard, laughable, it's hard to take. Right. It's ridiculous. Um, you know, so yeah, there's so many things you, you mentioned. You mentioned the uh, the budget. I just thought of the the fact of the of the of, of the tests. Right. We're going to get these tests and they're going to be 400 million of them. And we're going to bring them to Connecticut. And, oh, there were no tests. Well, I saw pictures of them. Well, there weren't only pictures. I mean, that stuff gets a 24 hour cycle around here and then it's gone. People don't even think about it anymore. So how do we, how do we, you know, he's Teflon uh, Lamont. How do we, how do we get him? Who holds the governor accountable for all this stuff, I guess, is the question. I think it's all of our responsibilities, right? It's the legislators, it's candidates, it's people in office, it's you and the press. Um, I just have one other quick question, and I think maybe I'm, maybe I'm just dense and I don't understand this. But explain (laughs) to me how last week the governor said, Patients from hospitals do not have to test negative mm-hmm. before they go into a nursing home. Mm-hmm. Right? He said, so that, that's preposterous on its own. But then yesterday he said, but if you come in to visit your family in a nursing home, you have to test negative or have a vaccine card. <sighs> in what world do those two things go together? Well. And, and when you add to it, showing a vaccine card has proven mm-hmm. To not mean much with Omicron. No, it means nothing. It because means nothing. everybody's getting it. I've had family members who are now on their second time around, which is unbelievable, who are fully vaccinated. You've got companies now, since the Supreme Court decision to, to knock down the large employer mandate of, of, of vaccinations, Starbucks, of all, when you lose Starbucks and they've dropped their vaccine mandate policy. Other companies have as well. You've got entire countries now, UK leading the way, dropping passport mandates, mask mandates, and we're still, we're still holding up to the same, the same standard here. And, and it's, it's in New York. There was a study in New York. 70 cases have been dropped by 75% in the last week, two weeks. Um, and yet we still want to we, – we, we I, I was in West Hartford last week, and, and they had a mask policy. And I, I couldn't believe how, how my son and I were treated. We walked into the restaurant. We didn't have masks on. And I'm like, this is this the, 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 the Branch Covidian problem. I mean, it, it's, it, for some of the true believers, it's become almost cult-like. But there's so many problems, and I, I just can't understand how he gets a positive rating for how he's handled COVID. I, I, it's baffling to me. You know, when you look at uh, back then when, when at a certain point we had less people who had COVID or, you know, whatever the numbers were, at this point in time, I mean, some states have passed us, but we are around 10. I don't know. I haven't looked recently, but t- between 10 and 15 for the, the most COVID deaths in the country and the most cases. Now, I will say this. If we did a good job in Connecticut on COVID, it's because the people of Connecticut did it. Right, right. All right. So a governor, whoever the governor is, can say, you need to do this, that, and the other thing. They're not going to come to your house and arrest you if you don't. Right? So the people of Connecticut felt the need to do what they needed to do. Where he really hurt Connecticut people is in two ways, I believe. He closed businesses for way too long. And again, like we said, a third of Connecticut restaurants, mm-hmm. that's horrible. That's horrible. You want to talk about the middle class and the working class and hurting them? That's what was one of the bigger things that hurt them because they needed those jobs. They're able to use have those jobs and be flexible for their childcare and and school and 
you know, if they have other jobs. And, and the other thing is, um, you know, kids with masks on top of it. Well, you know, and, kids, and kids with masks and shutting enough. the schools down and, and the remote learning that proves to be highly ineffective now that we see it. The nursing home deaths. You know, this is what's baffling to me. Themis. We're talking with them as clarity, the voice of clarity. Um, <laughs> the vast majority, the vast majority of the 9,000 plus deaths in Connecticut are over 60 years old. And the vast majority of them are are over 70 years old. So the people, the most vulnerable population, we, 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 we didn't know in the beginning. I understand novel virus. I get that. But but how you could even think of sending potentially COVID positive patients back into nursing homes. I, 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 where's the outcry where I just, and, and then he gets a positive approval rating on how he's handling COVID. It, it, it's completely baffling to me, but again, I think people just don't pay attention. And that's sadly the case. I mean, I've been to event after event in my career and I stand there and I talk about what we're doing, what we did in the legislature and, what, how we're fighting for them and et cetera. But then I add at the end, I said, and you guys are not going to want to hear this, but you need to educate yourself mm-hmm. and fight for yourselves too. This has to be a team effort. Mm-hmm. And I understand people have families and jobs and they have worries of their own. You know, they can't just sit around all day and watch the legislature, but what they can do is take a few minutes every day and educate themselves as to what's going on and the truth of it. If that means you have to keep flipping the channels to get the real story, which sadly you kind well, of have you, you to. you got to drill days. down a little bit, right? you got to drill yeah, down a little bit. You have to pay attention Listen, and ask questions Femis, if you have We're them. out of time. I just want to ask, is there anything you'd want to share with folks? Any <laughs> any plans of the future? I mean, this is starting to get real now. So um, any, anything you is. might want to say while you're here? I don't right now, but I'm, I will be making a decision sooner than later. Sooner than later. Okay. All right. Femis Claritis, thank you as always. Pleasure to have you on. Thanks a bunch, and stay warm, stay thank dry. Thank you. Okay. You too. All right, we're going to take a break here, and uh, news will come back with more phone calls, 800-966-9842, 860-522-9842, uh, right here in the Wilmarotti Show. WTIC News Talk 1080, the last half hour of the Will Marotti Show. This is a uh, <laughs> this is harder than I thought it was going to be. Two hours is a uh, it's a it's an interesting time to try to maneuver, and um, and so we're trying to still get our get our 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 footing. We're trying to get our balance here. I think it's working better. We're going to try to only have one scheduled guest per show, so we have plenty of phone time for you guys because it is called driven show. We want it to be that way. Let's go to uh, West Hartford. Mark, hey, Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Pastor Will. So I think you assumed I might call after I heard them. So let's start with the small stuff first. You know, one thing about Bob Stefanowski since he lost the election, he has stayed extremely relevant and focused on the Connecticut issues. Would you agree to that? Yeah. Where has them been? Today was the first time I've heard him make a comment about nursing homes. I mean, even if she just came out once in the last year and a half, just come out on that fact alone with COVID. Why has she been, what is this hiding out? And I, and I know one big thing was last year, you know, I know that question really hurt her bad. Remember, Todd did a whole expose in the afternoon when I asked about her husband, because that's the one I want to get to at the end. But 
you know, one thing she she lost all credibility with me at the very end when she wrote the coattails of the No Tolls movement. Her and Len Fasano literally are the Batman and Robin of the Rhinos in Connecticut. Oh, you know, she she I, I just don't understand why she thinks like we weren't paying attention. I'm an independent, but I need Republicans in this state to really step up and do the right yeah, thing. Of course. Of you course. know, you know, if you look corrupt, so like if you search them as clear as Democrats cave to Malloy, let Vito stand. Just that one article will tell you a little bit about what she did throughout her career. She talked so you're, a great you're of the opinion that, that and, and you know, she, you can't make up for the past. So, so from today forward, if she has any political ambitions, you're of the opinion that she needs to be out more and, and more visible well, and more. Well, talking. no, here's the, here's the kicker. Let's just get to the meat and potatoes. <laughs> you saw what's been going on with Annie Lamont, with yeah. the press, yeah. with your own station. Yeah. Tom and Todd have done a great job exposing this. George Colley, forget yeah. about it. He's a beast. He actually came up with dates to show how destructive this is. Her husband works for the most despised utility company in Connecticut. The money's so she spent four hundred thousand dollars on consultants. That doesn't even make sense to me. At the at this stage in her life, and, and as far as long as she's been in the game, she needs to spend almost a half a million dollars to find out what she needs to do. Well, that money, know, believe it or I not, know, I, don't see, I, don't know. I don't know how much it costs. It's, I don't know what they. Oh cost. well, that's I listen. I I do my homework. She spent $400,000, but I like this, of her own money. Yeah. See, when I hear that and I read that, I go, no, it's not her own money. I'm sure her husband's helping her out. Where does her husband well, get the money? Get married, you're off one the backs flesh, of Mark, the utility, off the backs of the consumers, off the backs of the consumers. But, you know, I, I don't want to, honestly, Mark, I've talked about this before, and people have brought this up. Oh, I'm not going to penalize. I'm not going to penalize anybody because of, of how is where... she going to overcome it? Look what they did. To what, what's their overcome? So, so you're assuming when, you're assuming there's going to be some undue influence from Eversource. We don't. We oh don't know God. that's true. <laughs> Please, your, your listeners are not that naive. Your uh, your informed listeners are not that naive. Well, it's yeah, not I naive. I mean, I don't. I just already. don't see that there's a direct Even connect, and and it's hard so to listen. So so as long as it's legal, you're okay with it. See, I, I, well, I don't know what, pastor, what it is, think, but, uh, Mark. You have what, to define what it, what it is. is. I mean, it could be anything. No, I'm not okay with it as long as it's legal, depending on what it is. I'm not going to make a general. You don't think his position with Eversource would ever affect? How how does she have it both ways? How could you be the the protector of Connecticut residents while your husband is one of the most destructive to Connecticut residents as consumers of the most hated utility. You can't have it both. Remember I brought it up before. Yeah. It's like it's like you being the president of MAD and your wife runs a gin mill over-serving un, underage uh, kids uh, near a college campus. Mark, that, you can't a, have it both ways. I'm just not I'm not I'm not going to condemn anybody. I'm not um, asking you to condemn anybody. Well, I mean I you are. You're saying you're saying that fact, because she's married Listen, to, to to Greg Butler who is the chief legal counsel for Eversource. She's unqualified to run. That's what you're saying. See, I take I take you having her on as promoting her, and that and that really. Well, I'm going to have all the candidates on because we need. I mean, I had Bob on yesterday. I'd like an honest. She's been around though. She's always and, and she by the way, she's not a declared candidate, so we don't even know well, she's going to run. You know what? I hope she's listening and she can save her money. And I know she said something about running for something else. Get another appointed position. You know, there's tons of them out there. Maybe, maybe she could take over. Tony Tolls does such a great job, and she's so interested in Tolls now. Let her go take his job, 
over at the DMV. So let me let but, me just not as a may, let me just clarify this before I let you go. So so you're a no on Themis, is that what you're saying? Oh my God! You know, <laughs> it's it's hard to stomach to hear. She's been around. I don't see. That's the problem with Connecticut. Mark, I got We're I got a full board. I got I a full board do, in, we stop in ten minutes. Our most so thank you. Politicians. Thank you for your they call. I just, appreciate it very much. Let's go to. Uh, Oh, let's go to Kevin in Hartford. Hey, Kevin. Kevin, are you there? Kevin, going once. All right, we'll come back to Kevin. We'll see if Kevin's still around. Let's go to Kim. Hey, Kim. Hey, Pastor Will. Thank you for letting me on. Okay, um, I want to bring people's attention to uh, the consolidation that has happened in news media um, we also have consolidation in our health care. So I, a few days ago I read to you what was in the congressional record. So this is not just some weird publication. And it was in 1917. It was put in uh, by um, a congressman who wanted it on the record that in 1915 J.P. Morgan interests wanted to control our news media. And you can see the parallels to today. So they wanted to buy our military policy and our financial policy, uh, international and national policy, so that we only heard what they wanted you to hear. And so they figured out it was only 25 papers had to be bought. They sent editors. They sent their policies. And so the news went out, and everybody got the same message. And we have the same thing today. It's called TDIP. I don't know. I've told you before what We've TDIP is. Before, the yes, Democracy Integrity Project. You're the clearinghouse for all talking points Democrats. Right. Goes into the you know Congress's mm-hmm. office, mostly the Democrats, right. some of the Republicans, and all newspaper outlets, all media outlets. So they all say the same stupid thing. And it's like uh, propaganda, uh, mass, mass manipulation. So same thing has happened to our health care. So um, I go to my doctor the other day, and I say, I want to actually work in Connecticut. What a fool I am. And you have to have a, um, you have to have a doctor's note saying you're, you're, you want to be um, uh, an exemption. You want to have yeah. an exemption from the, from the vaccine. Right. So you ask them to sign, they won't sign. And mm-hmm. then you find out that, uh, that, that your doctor you went to a few years ago has now become part of a practice like... Um, physicians, something or other. They were bought out a few years ago by Optima. Optima was bought out by United Healthcare. So you see what's happening around the country. They only have to determine, get one policy in that affects everybody. Yeah. So they yeah. won't sign those vaccine, vaccine mandate exemptions, no matter what. So we've never practiced medicine like that before. One medication is good for everybody. Don't you see the, do you see the wheels coming off the vaccine mandate? I do. When when yeah. you get start when you have Starbucks that cancels the vaccine mandate policy because of the Supreme Court ruling Starbucks can we talk about the most liberal the most liberal quick service food organization on the planet Earth and they cancel the vaccine mandate the wheels are going to come off this thing I'm telling you right, right now. but here's what the killer is they they are forcing you to take an uh, an untested not even animal, the gerbils are free of, of being tested on this, but human beings are the test subjects on this experimental vaccine where there's no liability from the government. And he's mRNA the, is what you're talking about, from the, the, the experimental of the mRNA. And, and here's the thing. If I, I can't work for most companies around the country now. That all of the states are affected by the CMS 
uh, mandates the other day. But here's who I can work for. I can work for the CDC because they don't require, <laughs> they're not forcing their employees right. to have the vaccine. And now it looks like I can work for the state, uh, state of Connecticut workers yeah. because the vaccine mandate is being taken away from them, too. Kim, it's so, going to take, take years of study and investigation to figure out how this mess happened. And this why is it not happened. right. It's, the it's state's protecting be like the its Kennedy own people from experimental vaccines. No, I, 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 don't, I don't disagree. I, I totally agree with you, and I think we have a, you know, these are the, the branch Covidians we're dealing with here. Kim, i got to let you go because i got a full board. Thank you so much for your call. Um, do you want to take a break, Matt? You want to you want to go with calls? What do you want to do? Tell me. Give me some give me some direction here, brother. All right, take a break for commercial. Come back and then uh, we'll get we'll set up for last call of the day. Stay with us. This is the Will Marathi Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. back final segment we're going to give everybody about a minute so uh, i want to get all the calls in and and um so a minute is what i'm going to give you kevin in hartford kevin are you there hey, hey pastor will i'm here are you go you ahead yep so uh sorry about that um i like themis but i mean where has she been for the last two years i mean why wasn't she leading a charge when lamont was shuttering business you, you look at bob stefanowski and past sasser they led a huge charge to obtain and distribute millions of masks mm-hmm. throughout the state sure. when Ned Lamont was inept and couldn't find a mask to save his life, and they were distributing these things to nursing homes and hospitals all throughout the state. Why yeah, wasn't them yeah. helping rally thousands of residents to show up on the steps of the Capitol to save thousands of businesses in Connecticut? You know, that's a good point, but to a larger point, where the Republicans have been. Where the, the Republicans should have been on the rooftops every day screaming against this emergency power nonsense. And and they were silent. It was church mice. I spoke with a couple of the higher-up Republicans. They didn't want to spend the quote-unquote political capital on choosing a side to be on with the virus. No, that's, 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 that's weak. That's weak, Kevin. I mean, I, I just – that's been my criticism all along of, of Republicans in the state of Connecticut. They're, com, they're complicit. They just don't fight when they need to. Thank you for your call. Let's go to uh, Steve in Waterbury. Hi, Steve. Hey, well, in my opinion – by having the vaccine and the mandate for the nursing homes is probably not uh, a great idea for this particular reason. I think the vaccine probably is what's causing the spread of COVID more than if people weren't vaccinated. I know that probably sounds a little strange, but the reason is... I I can't, I can't say, you know, can't disprove it, you know. (laughs) Well, my reasoning on that is even before the vaccine, there was a lot of people that had COVID, that were spreading it because they didn't even know they had it. Mm-hmm. So with the vaccine, it probably means that more people have it unbeknownst to them. So they're going around with the possibility of spreading it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, well, that's the only, that's yeah, the only I, I think I there's so many unanswered questions about this. And I, and I think how we've handled it as a nation has probably kept the vaccine going longer than it should have. I think we would have reached herd immunity faster had we not done everything we could to, you know, isolate everybody and put kids out of school and hide people. And, and because we're, we're thwarting the very purpose and reason of our natural immunity system. So well, it, it, I, think we've, we, I think we've mishandled it a lot. Steve. Right. I think if they made the people go into a nursing home, take a quick test, that probably would be the best bet. Yeah, well, could have could have been, but we didn't do that. Thank you for your call. Let's go to Joe, uh, Jay, Jay in East Hampton. Go ahead, Jay. Hey, how you doing? I, I will. I really love your show, man. I'm glad you're back. 
Thank I you. don't know if you remember me. You, uh, I think your church started with a Bible study in South Merritt, and then when you were on Main Street, I remember you went through that 30-day fast and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. So isn't that how it started, with a Bible study and then the Main Street Church, or it, what? It, it's exactly right. Yeah, we started with a with a Bible study in our house, actually, and then and then we were able to uh, uh, renovate a, a former pharmacy on uh, Main Street in South Merritt. Well, I enjoy your show. I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I voted on both sides for president. But I enjoy your show, even though we don't agree sometimes. Thank and you. And you have a blessed brother. Thank you very much, Jay. I appreciate it. Thanks for bringing up good memories. All right, last call of the day. I can't believe I'm doing this, but I am. Our good friend in Plymouth, Paul. Paul, welcome to the show. Last yeah, call thanks. of the day. Now, according to Ben Proto, the GOP State Committee Chair, we will have – we will not interfere in the GOP primary process. What I'd like to see is actual questions on policy instead of these long-winded 20-minute diatrobes, okay? And Themis has a lot to account for. So what does she do? She says it's about public safety. Well, I see the number one public safety issue facing the state, which is the way that the drivers are out of control. Pedestrian deaths are up. We need to have effective policing, new type policing, not going out and abusing motorists, however, doing their job. If you have felony driving, reckless driving on the road, that's that's an offense that they can interfere with. Mm -hmm. They can go after. We need to have realistic policies about a number of issues. We need to have a list of questions that we ask the candidates we do do not need the media. Well, Themis isn't a candidate with but, that. Um, Paul. Themis isn't a candidate yet, so I'm not sure. Well, uh, Mark from West fits. Hartford was correct in 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 uh, associating her with a failed past of the Republicans, not being not willing to stand up, uh, especially in the lead up to COVID, how the shutdowns were conducted. Well, again, you my know, criticism has been widespread of Republicans. They go out now and they mouth about uh, emergency powers. Well, there's other issues. Well, I was complaining about it from day one, so I, I don't know oh, about yeah. anybody else. I, I, I just I just feel like the Republicans, as as a group, have been way too uh, quiet about things going on. They need to be a little bit more uh, a little more active and, and outspoken. Uh, Paul, thanks so much for your call. Last call day, guys. Thanks. Great show today. Appreciate it. Tomorrow, uh, t- tomorrow, tomorrow's another day. We have open phone lines for the for the show uh, as of the moment. Uh, maybe we'll have one guest tomorrow, scheduled guest, but your calls the rest of the time. First time caller Friday tomorrow, so I'm really excited about it. Call your friends, your relatives, associates, neighbors. If they've never called the show before, they've thought about it. Say, this is your time, Friday, first time caller Friday. Matt, thanks so much. Great job. God bless you guys. I love you. Stay safe, stay healthy, warm, dry. See you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.